And I'm trying to think about teams that have gone on runs like this. You know, when the Yankees have had these, you know, 15 and 16 game winning streaks, mm-hmm. you feel like every night you turn them on, they're just going to win. Yep. Right now, I put a Nick game on. You expect them to win. I expect them to win expect every to win. game against anybody. Yeah, there's like a, a larger, deeper discussion about the evolution of a sports fan whose teams don't win that I think he could dive into the psychology of it. Perhaps. Like when you are, when you're a kid. And the, the the athletes are your heroes, and you get so much enjoyment out of that. And then, like when it ends, you're devastated because it's a big thing in your life. But then you move on because you're like, I, you know, I got I got a million things going mm-hmm. on in my life. I'm I'm a young person. It's going to be fine. I got all these years ahead of me. And then you hit the area where you were a few years ago, where I am now, where you've you've got young kids, you've got responsibilities, you're smack dab and trying to build a family and a life, and your sports teams. Are there, but you got a different perspective now because you're yes. in charge of of human life now. So like <laughs> your your perspective has has changed. Uh-huh. And if you have all these experiences when your team loses and like your life is more difficult now, you don't want that pain from them because you're like, hey, wh- why? Well, I don't want to go back there. Like it's like I, I, I've said this before. Like if you go to a mechanic and he screws up your car, you don't go back to that mechanic. But for whatever reason, when the team screws your life up, you go back to the team. So, like, I don't need that. And then I think when your kids grow up and you have a totally different life perspective and you're like, you know what? I got X amount of years if I'm lucky, 20, 30 years left before I die. I'm just going to enjoy whatever is here because it doesn't matter. So, like, I'm smacking the dab of that, the, the middle of I've got small children. I still love my sports teams. But, God, I don't want them to, to have this black cloud over me. Hodge, you didn't hit hemorrhoids. <laughs> I don't need that negativity in my life. So I'm afraid because I've yeah. seen everything. I've seen the Knicks in the finals. I've seen the Mets in a World Series multiple times. You know, I, I've seen the Vikings in championship games, not in a Super Bowl. I've seen St. John's at least in an Elite Eight. I was too young for them, uh, Final Four, you know, back with, with, with Mullen. But I've seen these things. I've just never seen the ultimate one. And that's why I'm just waiting for the, 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 the baseball bat to the back of the head. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. What? Yeah. But I will tell you, and I've said this, I've told this story many times. When the cow, I didn't see the Cowboys win as a kid. Remember, my first recollection was Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. It was heartbreak. And it was heartbreak again the year after that and the year after that. And then the swoon came. So when they finally got good, I was, you know, with Jimmy Johnson again, uh, I was, I guess when they won, I was 18. Oh, that's perfect. Wheelhouse. Gee, I will never forget the feeling when that game ended. Now what? Yeah. Like, how they just, how, um, 20 minutes after the game ended. Okay. I remember thinking, like, the party at my house was ending. And I'm watching the post game. I'm like, I don't get nothing. Yeah. I, like, right. it was the weirdest. It was a cool feeling. They won. They did it. Woohoo. But it was empty. It was like, huh. Don't you think it's different, though? Because, I mean, you're. I'm 18. going to Models to get a, a shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. What you um, mean. Do I think it's different? Because no, now, I, like, you were 18. And now, like, all these years, like, you, you grizzled. Like, I always say mm. that if, if my teams win now. It, it's for all those suffering years where I it was like the most important I, thing in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I yes, like I I used to idolize Keith Hernandez, Daryl Strawberry, and then so like Edgardo Alfonso, Mike Piazza, and like I'm not doing that with these guys. I'm not no. idolizing Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. So like if the Mets had won a World Series, it'll be like for all those years that I was the little kid 
who was watching Dwight Gooden pitch. You know, I get it. But so like that's but, I feel like after the more years that you suffered with it, the more special it is. Maybe, but I'll tell you, you're not going to be on the float going on the Canyon Heroes with no, them. Of course not. I that I know. I'm telling you, it's a weird feeling. I mean, yeah. If the if the Knicks or Mets win a championship, uh, we're not going to be. In the parade, no. they might send us to the parade if we do a possible. show in the morning, like yeah. we had to do in oh two thousand and nine. Oh, that's early. No, that was bad. I remember having to produce the the two thousand and nine Yankees parade with, show with, with Joe, Joe and Evan. I mean, those guys are totally miserable. <laughs> <They're Mets fans. laughs> Here comes Joe Torre. Where's the Joe Girardi? Right? Yeah, it was Girardi at that point. And I just remember I was like so stressed out, and at that point I was still like like really hating the Yankees and. And I remember Spitz, Eric Spitz, a program director at the time, was like, why are you so high strung? I was like, this is the worst day of my life. That's why. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. I now get it. I'm in charge of human life. I, yes, I know. It's not Which is important. why it shouldn't bother you as much. Which is not as important. Uh, these things. Right. Uh, these, these sports things. Not as important as that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CeeLo told us he was reading this morning a, an athletic article that has dropped about the Jets, Zach Rosenblatt and Diana Rossini. Zach Rosenblatt, the Jets beat writer for The Athletic, and Diana, who has been around the Jets and is now covering the NFL for The Athletic after leaving ESPN on her own, putting in the work here. They were also the two that put out that story about Zach Wilson being reluctant to want to go back and play after the benching of Tim Boyle because he might get hurt. So uh, they have been on this. They've been covering the team, and they put this out. Now there's still like a page and a half that I have to to read here because this is long, but I did highlight some stuff. So as CeeLo said, uh, they spoke to 30 sources in and around the organization. Those sources described the team riddled with excuse-making, a paranoid head coach, an ill-equipped offensive coordinator, and an organizational tunnel vision on the quarterback that rubs some teammates wrong. <clears throat> Sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm five pages in, and I really don't see anything noteworthy. Well, I wouldn't say... I think there's noteworthy stuff. It's nothing that is surprising to me if you are someone who followed this team and understands that their head coach is not a smart person. Right, or nothing we we don't think or know. Yeah, so like we're into it. We understand, like unless there's a Rob Sala defender out there, someone thinks that Rob Sala is just caught bad luck, like this will tell you that that's not the case, but I'm not one of those people. I mean, I I think Rob Sala has been a horrendous head coach Mm -hmm. and not a leader, and he stinks, and this sort of details that. Uh, so also the Nate Hackett stuff in here too is, is, is not good. The for one him. thing about the Cowboy game is a bad mm-hmm. one. I agree with that. Yeah. If you want to so read the, that the with, one thing with Micah about, Parsons. Yeah. The one thing about the Cowboy game is early on in that game, the offensive line coach asked him to call plays and give Dwayne Brown more help on the side with Micah Parsons. Yep. And he did not for whatever reason. And Parsons went on to have a couple of sacks and four quarterback hits and pressures and had a big game and they wound up losing 30 to 10. Yep. So it was, uh, this was also early on. They were talking about in camp when Rodgers was still there. 
the Jets' talented defensive line consistently outplayed them in practice, meaning the offense. Growing pains were expected in a new offense full of new personnel, but one coach said it was concerning how little urgency Hackett and his staff showed in trying to fix it. Say so he'd never seen a team watch less practice tape in training camp than the Jets did with Hackett. Right. <clears throat> that's a coach on the team saying that. You know, that, that's there's a couple things here. But, I mean, in five pages, I wasn't like, wow. No, no, no. But, what I'm, but, but you're right. There's a couple of things here that are not good. But also what's not good is I don't know if these are coaches who are still there or not still there. I don't know. And the, you have the axe to grind situation thing. But, I mean, if coaches on the team are saying this, I mean, anonymously, this sort of goes back to. <laughs> well, but even like the even the line that it's just a bleeping mess. Something has to change. Yeah. No kidding. Right. The, the fact that they lost five games by 20 points or more and in, in that stretch. And that's when the coach is like, so, we all said, that, of course, yeah. yes, you can't keep losing games like this. It's a disaster. We know this. Yeah, so they're talking about Sala and how's the, all the positive vibes and all of that stuff. And it says, behind closed doors, the vibes weren't always positive, especially when Sala would see negative press reports. He would often bring up how, in his mind, the Giants don't as get, get as much negative coverage as the Jets, calling it unfair. And in the aftermath of the Rodgers injury, Sala bemoaned bad luck. And he wondered aloud if he was doomed the same fate as Vic Fangio, a brilliant defensive coach, cursed by, co- cursed by misfortune at quarterback. And, I think that's true. And then he, uh, yes. and But also this was, and they're talking about the, you know, Sala 18 and 33, Fangio 19 and 30. So this is the stuff that he was telling Joe Beningo. And it also says, in the days after embittered Sala conducted research, he wanted to see how many teams led by the NFL's best coaches perform when playing without their star quarterback. That's the exact thing mm-hmm. that he told Joe Beningo to try to put out there yep. on WFAN during his spots. Yeah. And, I mean, that to me is such like a loser move. I'm sorry. That, like, well, that's in survival mode is what that is. Yeah, but that's not going to help. I'm not saying it's going to help. I'm saying that's survival mode. That's, you know, you're going to sit there and kill me for this. I I've, have had a quarterback. When Bill Parcells didn't have a quarterback, they didn't win. When Bill Belichick didn't have a quarterback, they didn't but win. Although they did win games, it, it they didn't may, win the Super Bowl. He may think it's survival mode, but that's not going to help him survive. It makes him look worse, is the point. Well, that it, yes. Nobody cares about your stupid excuses, man. For sure. Nobody cares. No, and then the whole idea that the Giants weren't covered as negatively, yes and no. I mean, we, we the papers, the Giants got crushed. The Giants also went to the playoffs last year, so they were afforded a little bit more uh, rope than the Jets are. The Giants have won not one, but multiple Super Bowls since the last time the Jets won theirs, when before we were born. I mean, there's reasons why the Giants get afforded a little bit more than what the Jets get. The Jets have been a disaster for almost their entire existence. And it's also a, like a, another loser mentality type of thing is when something's happening to you and you go, well, what, well, what about them? Right? Like, like I never, as, as much as I was a a Kobe Bryant fan and and RIP and Kobe when when he when he got the whole thing happened in Colorado with mm-hmm. him and he basically came out and was like well Shaq cheats on his wife I mean what a, like I was like come on so like that sort of like what about the Giants why'd you pay? no man stop like uh, it's not like things are going well with you no you gotta but understand I, that. I guess my point is reading this is is all fine and yeah you get a little inside look like. Did we think that they were having tea and crumpets every afternoon and things were great? No. I mean, when when you're a bad team and you lose your star quarterback and the season goes to crap very quickly, 
Like, this is what happens. Things fracture. People are upset. The defense is pissed that the offense can't score double-digit points when all of a sudden you give up 13 and you'll lose a game to the crappy Falcons. Like, this is what happens. Like, none of this to me is a surprise at all. 